Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. This is Masha and the Dogs. I'm Masha, and we're here to talk about dogs. So I realized that um, basically for every episode, I say that I have a really exciting guest joining me for the episode. And, well, every guest is exciting, but, like, I should really change up my intro because I'm pretty sure you guys are kind of sick of hearing me say that. But... With that being said, um, the guest that I have today is kind of a special one because you guys have heard him before uh, on the podcast today. We have Jared joining me. Um, and yeah, like I said, he was actually the first guest on this podcast that I've ever had. He was the the first tribute, uh, as it were. So here's here's Jared. Hi, say hi. Hello, everybody. It's great to be back on the Masha and the Dogs podcast. As Masha said, I was the first ever guest and uh, very cool to see how the podcast has gone, how things have progressed. And I really appreciate you having me back. Yeah. And um, the reason that I wanted to have Jared come back is because I wanted him to talk about his childhood dog that he's obviously going to tell you guys about. Um, But also because he doesn't really have a choice since um, he's going to marry me soon and happy wife, happy life. And he is the father of my two dogs. So, you know, he he kind of he just has to do it. Right. Yeah, luckily I love podcasting. You know, there's some things in this life that I don't necessarily love, such as putting together IKEA furniture oh. or uh, <laughs> folding laundry. Uh, but luckily, podcasts are something that I love, and dogs are something that I love as well. And you are also something that I love. So I think that huh. this is going to be uh, a fun experience for me. I mean, for the listeners, I'm not uh, as sure, but we'll do our best best we'll do our best well and it's nice too because we actually get to record in the same room together which hasn't happened for me since I recorded with Jared last time because you know we're we're still in a pandemic although it's getting better um thankfully but people are still not 100% comfortable with kind of getting together in a very close in space and chatting and you know exchanging breath uh in the same room so I miss I miss um you know being face-to-face with people. So this is really exciting. I love recording with people in the same room. It's kind of a different experience, wouldn't you say? Yeah, something that I haven't had the opportunity to do as much as I want to, but uh, it's good, I guess. One of the the nice things about living uh, with somebody who has a lot of audio and video gear around, right, (laughs) for for you, Uh, you can do podcasts like this and you can do them in person, so... Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And then the other thing that I kind of want to get out of the way before we move into talking about uh, dogs is um, Jared, the reason that he has all this fun podcasting gear is because he has his mm-hmm. own podcast. Um, and obviously, we're going to tell you a little bit about his podcast. So you can go check it out if you want to tell, tell these beautiful people about your podcast. Sure. I mean, we, we'll get into that later. I think maybe we can do the the shout out self promotion, uh, you know, shameless stuff at the end. For now, I'll just say that, uh, you know, I have a I have a podcast called the Photography Brothers. I host it with Michael Costa. And if you're into photography, go and check that out. But definitely don't stop listening to this podcast. Like we don't want you to stop listening to this one. Listen to this one first. Then go listen to every other episode of Mosh and the Dogs. And then if you still have some podcast uh, left in you, some podcast listening left in you, maybe you're on like a really long road trip 
or something like that yeah uh, then go listen to uh photography brothers but but let's talk about dogs for now Is yeah that okay yeah. Okay. Let's talk about dogs. That's my favorite subject, actually. So um, Jared has kind of introduced himself a little bit, so we kind of know who Jared is already. And besides, on this podcast here, we don't often care about you know what the what who the speaker is or like what their. Oh, I thought you were gonna say boyfriend's feelings. What? It's fiance. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. We're just going to jump right into the, the dog stories. So you last time that you were on the podcast, you talked about Sonia, who is our little um, super senior lady. She's 16. Uh, she's sleeping at our feet right now. But before you met Sonia, you had another dog and you're going to tell us about that dog, right? Yeah. Well, this is the nice thing is that uh, through my life, I've had so many great dogs come into my life that you can keep having me back as a guest on your podcast. Like, <laughs> it's very convenient, actually. <laughs> Next time I can come back uh, and talk about Lucia, who's sitting in your lap right now, uh, which is our other long hair dash hound. Uh, I'd show you a picture, but this is a audio medium. Um, anyways, we're here to talk about Thomas. Thomas was the first dog that I ever had. Uh, my first ever own personal dog and I think I got him when I was super young maybe like nine or ten something like that uh and so like 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 35 years ago yeah <laughs> we're hey Lucia that's okay you guys come here for uh for dog barks on the podcast I'm assuming so that's right pretty pretty normal thing here <laughs> It's okay. She's just mad at me because I made you, you made you look really old in front of these people. Yeah, exactly. She doesn't like that. Uh, doesn't like you upsetting me like that on the podcast, making fun of me. You know, my hair is going a little bit gray and, uh, you know, it's something that I'm a little bit sensitive about, but <laughs> that's okay. Um, yeah. So Thomas, we actually got him in an interesting way, you know, like I am a longtime listener to the podcast. So I know all the different stories of how people got their dogs, uh, sometimes on Kijiji, sometimes as a, uh, you know, like... They rescued them or adopted rescue them. Rescue adoption or, you know... From a breeder. Uh, from a breeder is another option. Uh, there's an even other option, though. Do you know what that is? No, but you're, I have a feeling you're about to tell us. Oh, well, that's finding your dog in the woods. Uh, which is what Ooh, it, yeah. that's I don't think that's one that we we've heard about yet so you're gonna have to get into a little bit more detail about yeah, that probably a first uh, on the Mosh and the Dogs podcast is that I actually found my dog in the woods our house backed onto the woods where I grew up up in Timmins and it gets pretty cold there and he was running around in the woods behind our house can you so. tell us like Timmins though like what is that is that like the end of the is that the end of the earth? That's where yeah, it yeah, just yeah. ends. Yeah, if you guys have ever seen uh, the movie The Thing by John Carpenter or, you know, any other movies about like isolated uh, Antarctic locations, that's pretty much Timmins, you know, more that's or less. That's your hometown. So, yeah. And uh, Thomas would have got pretty cold had we not taken him in, to be honest. It does get uh, pretty freaking cold there. So, yeah, we ended up bringing Thomas in and he was our dog ever since, ever since we found him in the woods uh behind my house and he was amazing like he was a super tough dog he 
had a real like survival mentality from having to take care of himself for so long and not having a human there for him and uh yeah 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 he was he was a survivor can you tell us a little bit about what this little survivor dog looked like? Like, could you paint a picture for the listener here? I know we can't. It's an audio medium, <laughs> yeah, so you're going to have yeah, to get yeah. really creative with your language, but do try. For sure. Uh, well, uh, shameless plug for the Mosh and the Dogs Instagram. You can actually see a picture of Thomas. Yes, you on sure there. can. If you go check that out, uh, there'll be a picture of Thomas. But for our audio listeners here right now, um, he was a Pomeranian Shih Tzu. Um, so you may be picturing like a long-haired kind of poofy dog, but we didn't keep him poofy. We tended to shave his hair down. Um, unless it was the winter, because it's cold there, as I said. So we'll let him grow, we let him grow it out, but uh, shave it down in the summer and kind of blackish color a little bit of golden brown hue uh and as he got older just like me as we were saying earlier (laughs) as uh my my hair is starting to go a little bit uh there's some hair some hair asmr for everybody um (laughs) anyways that was very bizarre very bizarre i've been (laughs) i've been really um wanting to to start doing a an asmr thing so this is my one opportunity no this is not the place to start oh not the place okay anyways uh yeah as he as thomas got older he got a little bit more gray uh especially around the face and stuff like that but hopefully that gives everybody a picture of what thomas looked like yeah and i i had the pleasure of meeting thomas um i was actually more nervous to meet thomas than i was to meet Jared's uh, family because dogs know they just know and I really I was nervous that he wasn't gonna like me and then my whole world would just end but he liked me and he was um he was a super cute little guy like so as Jared said he was a little Pomeranian Shih Tzu so he was pretty floofy for sure and then he was actually quite small um he was just like this round little floofy cute little ball am I am I getting that correctly Jared so you saw more or less like winter Thomas though. So a lot of the time he was a he was a floofy ball, but definitely definitely small. He was always small. There was no point when he wasn't small. Yeah, <laughs> and his favorite. This is probably like really bad um, dog keeping. So like, don't take anything you hear yeah, here. Yeah, not recommended as, as advice. But his favorite treat were uh, goldfish. Was that his favorite treat? He really liked turkey slices. So, yeah, that was a treat that he really loved. He enjoyed a, a nice turkey slice, but he he a goldfish uh, cracker here and there. He liked peanut butter. Um, yeah, but tur- turkey slices uh, right out of the fridge. He wouldn't even chew them. He just, you know, throw them back. <laughs> yeah. Snuck the ASMR back in there again with the slurp. Did you guys catch that? Yep, yep. No, that's true. So when I, sh- when I met him, he... He uh, loved a good little goldfish cracker. He was a um, little goldfish cracker addict. But yes, he definitely loved turkey slices, which BTW probably don't feed your dog any of those things. But this was back in the days when we didn't have good dog signs. So yeah, yeah, I do have to tell you guys one more story about Thomas as much as I've talked about his bravery and whatnot. Uh, I guess our he did he was brave in a way because he did warn me but uh one time we went camping with thomas and i must have been maybe like 13 14 it was definitely in my metallica phase so i'm not gonna post any pictures of that phase on the instagram 
Oh, yeah, I had longer hair than Thomas for sure. <laughs> it was not. It was not good, guys. It was not good. I had a really nice uh, guitar at the time, though. Gibson Explorer for all of you uh, guitar heads out there. Anyways, uh, we went camping and there were some bears outside of our tent. Uh, and Thomas really didn't inform us too much of that. He was uh, pretty pretty afraid. Wasn't sure exactly what to do about that scenario. Uh, don't worry, we were, we were able to uh, to scare the bears off. Uh, but for anybody who is looking to go camping and hoping that a dog will protect you, um, Pomeranian Shih Tzu, probably not the not the best bet. But what did he do instead then? Just be scared in the tent. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, you go do with it. He was like, Jared, that this seems like a job for you. Yeah, I'm just going to hide right here. I did say that he was a survivor, right? So that was his uh, survivor mentality. But there was a lot of other like survival stuff that he would do. Um, you know, maybe he did come face to face with a bear before because he did live in the woods. So that could be a reason why he was pretty realistically freaked out about the whole thing. Uh, but there were other times like when he would get uh, like stung by mosquitoes or something like that, that he would know how to take care of himself, like go roll in the mud until he felt better and wasn't itchy or whatever. So, yeah, he was a, a really smart dog. Um, and uh, yeah, I really miss him. Um, it's my my first dog, you know, and your first dog is... Your first dog's your first love, I guess. Your, your first dog love. Your heart dog, your your soul dog. And like I said, I was really lucky because I got to meet I got to meet Thomas. Um and he was a he is a real sweetie and he definitely I was just really glad that he he liked me cuz I was really nervous about that. Does anybody have else have this experience like when you meet your, you know, if you have your partner, your husband, your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, um and you meet their family? Do you get more nervous meeting their dog or do you like does am I the only person on this this happened to because I feel like probably that's pretty common because the dogs can see through your through your this is a family friendly podcast but they can see through your <laughs> through your bs yes they can see through your bs that is true and uh dogs they don't know how to like beat around the bush right they'll just they'll straight up tell you how they feel about it well, um, this is a family-friendly podcast, but we, Jared and I do have a glass of um, adult juice that we're drinking here, and we're just going to do a little cheers to Thomas and to his memory because we do, we do love him. He was a good boy, and he, was, uh, he helped make Jared into the man that he is today, and for that, I'm forever grateful. So cheers to Thomas. Cheers. There's your ASMR moment. And that's... Uh... Adult juice is a very weird way to describe scotch, but, uh, you know. Yes, but here we are. <laughs> but here we are. There's no going back. There's no going back now. All right. So um, do you do you want to ch- chat about or hear about the, uh, the historical dog that I have picked out for our time, t- story time today? Yeah, I would love to. I love story time. Let's get into uh, this this week's. I don't know how often this podcast wow. comes out. Bi-weekly? I thought you listened. I thought you listened. Bi weekly. Well, I mean, to be honest, the I did uh, take re- a long break. Yeah, the release schedule hasn't exactly been uh, super consistent. So you know, those who live in uh, glass houses, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, what, dog, <laughs> what dog are we talking about today, Masha? Listen, okay, life happens. Um, okay, so I just want to preamble this by saying that we love all dogs here on Masha and the dogs, and just Jared and I, we love all dogs. But, you know, I do have to be honest and say that um, 
me in particular, but I think Jared also, we have a particular affinity for small dogs. Son is a small dog. Lucia is a small dog. Thomas was a small dog. Um, and I, I find that what they lack in bulk and their physical size, they often make up for in personality. Like I would say that's true for every small dog I have ever met. Um, and one little story uh, that actually ha- ha- used to happen to me quite frequently is whenever I would take Sonia to the park or something, she, in her younger days, used to bark, you know, dash hounds bark a lot. She just bark. But they also have a big bark because of this big um, chest. So they can, their bark can be really quite uh, intimidating. And I had people literally like walk around the park trying to figure out where the heck this big bark was coming from and they would come up to us and Sonia would bark at them and they'd be like this <laughs> this and I mean I I think you just heard Lucia growl and bark a little bit and she's a small dog but definitely sounds scary so um and I know some small dogs have small barks but um that's not the point the point is small size in stature giant personality would you agree jared yeah very true that's what the small dogs have right their uh their ability to scare those big dogs they're like the al pacino of dogs you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) we were just watching heat last night so that's why the the al pacino references are coming up but i don't think he's the tallest actor um but uh definitely a lot of bark (laughs) yeah oh gosh yeah i mean have you seen scarface um so that is all to say that today we're going to be learning about a very tiny but very brave and very important historical dog. We are going to be learning about Smokey the Yorkie, who is the tiniest World War II Oh, hero. sorry. I think I misspoke, by the way. The Heat is uh, a movie with Melissa McCarthy. Heat is a movie with Al Pacino. Sorry. All right. That's fine. But, <laughs> but we're talking about Sparky. Smokey. Smokey. <laughs> Okay. Masha has left the chat. Masha has left the chat. It's not, there's no chat. It's real life. Oh, God. Okay. So before I get quite rudely interrupted by Mm -hmm. Jared's uh, internal thoughts coming out. Well, I just don't want people to think the wrong movie, you know? Okay. Well, you know. Yes. Okay. Fair. Thank you for that, uh, for that correction. But in case you missed it, we're talking about Smokey the Yorkie. And uh, she was the tiniest World War II hero. Okay, so just before we jump into the actual story, and if Jared would stop fidgeting with the equipment because he's the equipment master here, um, I just want to let you guys know that my sources include the New York Post and the National Geographic. So two actual, not academic, but credible sources of information. And I would recommend that you check out both those articles um, that I link in the podcast description. So anyway, let's just uh, jump right into it and we'll see if Smokey reminds you of uh, Thomas at all in any way, Jared. All right. So we first meet Smokey in 1944 uh, when Corporal Bill Wynn He was a 22-year-old Ohio native. Uh, He was stationed at the time uh, at the U.S. Army Army Air Corps in Nadzab, New Guinea. That was a hard thing for me to say. Um, So he bought the little dog for $6.44 U.S. from a tent mate. 
Smokey, uh, as Bill later named her, was found in a fox hole, fox hole on the side of the road, and she was almost too small to be taken seriously. Um, she weighed just a mere four pounds, standing only seven inches tall. Um, that's like really small. That's tiny, tiny. dog. That's like Paris Hilton yeah. dog <laughs> levels. Yeah, that's. A, I think that's a good comparison. It's Paris Hilton dog levels, um, and her head was about the size of a of a baseball. At the time that Bill um, got her, she was underfed and scrawny. And because another soldier had uh, thought that the small dog was too hot under all her fur, fur, he had crudely sheared her and her once long silky hair was sticking out in uneven tufts. So I think that's kind of similar to what you all did with Thomas. You thought he was too hot, so you shaved him down. Yep. Yeah, pretty similar. Mm hmm. Side note, note though, um, you're actually not really supposed to shave long-haired dogs because it helps them regulate their body temperature, whether it be too cold or too hot. Um, but like I said, different times, different times, man. And Timmons, you know, like I'm not gonna. <laughs> Never mind. People from Timmons are smart. <laughs> wow, it's just <laughs> try to dig himself a hole there. Um, anyway, when Bill. I uh, decided to take a chance on this tiny pup. He had no idea that they would go, go on to survive air raids, typhoons, and 12 combat missions. That's a lot for any dog, let alone a little four-pound one. Um, so, not surprisingly to anybody who has a dog, but Smokey had a really significant impact on Wen and his fellow m- members of the 26th Photo Reconnaissance Squadron. Squadron. I... Squadron. There you go. I'm well, you not... could have just turned into squad and like cha- saved yourself <laughs> a lot of trouble. I'm not from here, guys. I, there's a lot of words I can't I know, pronounce. Like, you know, the movie Suicide Squad, you just go a squad. Wow. Thanks. Thanks. But. That's cool because uh, you're a photographer, Jared, and this is the uh, photo reconnaissance squad. Ah, yes. So, in any case, they were stationed in the Pacific, uh, and their only entertainment was radio broadcasts by Tokyo Rose, who um, specialized in seducing listeners while spreading uh, really anti-American propaganda. And so, you know, they listened to this, being American soldiers, uh, that would make them angry. So to blow off some steam, the squad played softball and a, on a bulldozed strip of land. And Smokey attended the games, um, and she chased every ball that came in her direction, which is not unlike Lushka, because our dog here, Lusha, the younger one, she loves balls. And anytime you take her by a basketball court or, like, anybody playing soccer, she goes nuts. Like, she needs... She needs to have that ball. Like, ridiculously nuts. Like, she can't even contain herself. She has no control. She has no control when it comes to that. This is correct. And so, uh, evidently, Smokey was quite similar to that. Um, And so, there's a little, um, um, like, I guess, story here that was shared by one of the um, people who knew Smokey. Uh, So, during one of the games, Smokey... (laughs) Smokey chased a hard-hit ground ball into third base like a bullet from a gun. <laughs> and the player on third base bent to scoop up the ball just as um, this little careening canine hairball overtook it. So basically, if you can picture Smokey leaping to seize the ball, and then she was flipped head over heels 
because the ball was spinning so fast. And then she landed in the baseman's gloves. <laughs> That's crazy. It sounds like something from a movie. That'd be a good movie scene. Yeah. Um, so the players on both sides obviously could barely contain their laughter. She brought a lot of joy. Um, there was a, a military publication called Yank Magazine, um, and they announced that they were going to have a contest for the best mascot. Um, and Wynn, who was Smokey's human, he was really excited to enter her. So he photographed her Smokey lounging inside of his helmet, which was actually a perfect fit. So this is a pretty legendary picture. So like if you Google Smokey the Yorkie or just go on my Instagram, Masha and the Dogs, um, it's the picture of uh, a little tiny Yorkie and she's laying in um, a metal like war helmet and she fits in there perfectly and she's like incredibly incredibly cute sounds cute um so not surprisingly that picture won the contest and Smokey became the yank magazine uh mascot wild historical yeah maybe you should submit some pictures to a, a dog magazine oh i thought you were gonna say that particular dog magazine they're probably not around anymore i don't actually know that something to look into um so, unfortunately, not too long after Wynn had taken that legendary picture of Smokey, he caught um, Ding fever and was sent to the t- 233rd Station Hospital. Uh, I did not look up what Ding fever is. Do you know what it is? It doesn't sound pleasant. No, I have no idea. Um, I guess, like, no, I don't even have a dumb joke to make, really. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, it doesn't like I imagine it's some something very um, unpleasant and I should have looked it up, but I definitely did not. But regardless, it makes you sick enough that you have to go to the hospital. Makes your dog sad when you get it. Well, yeah. However, after a couple of days um, of Bill being in the hospital, his his friends brought Smokey to see him to in part celebrate, you know, them winning the contest. And the nurses were so charmed by this tiny little dog and her story that they asked if they could bring her around to visit with other patients who had been wounded um, in the Biak Island invasion. Um, and during the five days that Bill spent in the hospital, Smokey actually stayed there, slept with him on the bed, um, and the nurses would collect her in the morning to take her along um, to see the other patients, and then they would return her at the end of the day. Nice. That makes a lot of sense, you know, like um, when you're not feeling well, like maybe you had too much, uh, what'd you call it? Adult juice. (laughs) Maybe you had too much adult juice the night before and, uh, you know, you're laying there, you're not feeling great. Uh, Having a little furry friend to hang out with you, to nap with you, you know, usually helps you to feel better faster. Yeah, this is true. I mean, Lucia always, uh, she's a great snuggler, aren't she? Sonia's a good snuggler too, but Lucia's more dedicated to the snuggling game for sure um and you know with the story and like the thing in general that i find so kind of wild about little dogs is that despite you know them being so small the joy they bring to the world is immeasurable and like the impact that they have on your life too is um is pretty it's pretty wild and i think like anybody who's had a dog knows this um and bill Wynn definitely realized this when he observed that smokey had a powerful effect on the soldiers around him so this is at the hospital um 
her personality was so much bigger than her physical size and she was really just able to lighten the mood among the injured soldiers living through the horrors of world war ii so like if you can imagine or don't imagine because it's awful but not only being in world war ii but also being like in pain seriously wounded being in the hospital like just thankfully you survived you're probably not in the best mindset <laughs> um and to have this little pup come around and just kind of spend time with you and give you love is um, definitely helpful. Yeah. And it's in a situation where, I mean, um, this isn't anywhere near as bad, but the, the you'll, get, you'll, get, you'll, you'll understand the analogy once I bring it to you, right? But when you're feeling like really, really bad and you even get into a situation where you feel like nothing good is going to happen, like... Uh, when you break your collarbone, for instance, like the the smallest kindness is like world changing. And uh, my friend Scarred, actually shout out to Scarred, he just broke his arm, uh, sent me x-rays today and it's like right on the joint where he broke it and it sucks. Uh, and when I found out that, you know, I brought him um, a nice burger and a couple of tall boys of beer. And I imagine that's kind of similar uh, to what Smokey was able to do here for the soldiers, you know, um, bringing them the uh, the burger and the beer of the company of a cute dog. He should have brought him Lucia to hang out with instead of a burger and a beer. That's much healthier, Jared. It's not it's not the same. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I won't say I'm the best at taking care of people, but uh <laughs> Anyway, it seemed it seemed nice to me, I guess. And he appreciated it. Yeah. So going back to the soldiers in this hospital, though. Um, so while Smokey was there, they laughed as she chased the wildly colorful Queen Alexandra's bird bird wing butterflies um, that have a wingspan of 14 inches and were actually far larger than uh, Smokey was. And, of course, they loved the tricks that Wynne had taught her, mostly to relieve the, the the tedium while they were there. And Smokey started her training with pretty regular commands, you know, like shake paw, which is what Lucia is doing right now, um, you know, sit, stay, all that good stuff. But then she was very clever, so she... <laughs> there's Sorry. some there's some ASMR there's some of, dog uh, dog shenanigans going on <laughs> uh dog ASMR anyway so he he taught her more tricks um so she progressed to being able to walk a tightrope she rode a handmade scooter and she was even able to spell her own name um by picking out large uh cutout letters in her mouth as uh Bill called them out to her so, thankfully, eventually Bill got better and he was able to leave the hospital. And uh, in January of 1945, the 26th um, squad was reassigned to the Philippines, uh, where fighting against the Japanese had been uh, very brutal. And the following month, they faced um, really quite a potentially devastating dilemma. So, Essentially, their mission depended on their ability to transmit coded messages, disseminating the enemy intelligence as they gathered commanders in the field. As they, sorry, let me say that sentence again. Um, so their mission depended on their ability to transmit coded messages, disseminating the enemy intelligence they gathered to commanders in the field. It's a lot of um, military words. Yeah, they uh, like got the signals, got the information, deliver it to the commanders. That's it. That's right. 
So what happened was heavy fighting had damaged the squad's communication center. And so to repair it, um, a wire would need to be fed through a 70-foot-long, 8-inch in diameter underground culvert beneath a crucial taxiway. Now, obviously, digging up the taxiway would take three days and make dozens of their men sitting ducks for enemy bombers because um, they're right there (laughs) and it would hamper their, you know, air operations. So there was actually only one option for solving this problem that didn't risk human lives. And this was sending Smokey through the culvert with the wire attached to her. Wild. Insane. This is like some Tom Cruise Mission Impossible stuff. So this this method actually she's a little taller than Tom Cruise. <laughs> that was good. All right, I just earned my spot for the my third appearance on Mosh and the Dogs for that one. Okay, that was actually pretty good. Um, so the so basically doing this like tying the wa- the wire to her and letting her run through the the culvert would take just several minutes to um. And it would keep everybody in that squad uh, safe. So Smokey, however, obviously would be very much at risk. And Wynn agreed to do this, or Bill agreed to do this, on the conditions that all air activity above them would cease while Smokey was underground, and that if Smokey became stuck, they would dig her out from directly above her location in the culvert, which obviously would expose them to danger. But Bill, uh, he really loved that dog, and he didn't want her to, to get hurt. Yeah, and you don't send uh, your team member in there with no backup, you know? So That's exactly right. They had a, a plan B. So he checked out the tree, three drainage pipes under the taxiway, and two were fully clogged. Um, but one had about four inches of visible space that Smokey could fit through. So they chose that pipe for the mission. So on one end of the wire, was um, they attached to Smokey's collar. And then Wynn placed Smokey at the opening of the pipe and raced to the other end. And then he laid on the ground, put his face next to the pipe, and yelled, Come, Smokey, come. This is, like, freaking terrifying. Like, you know, we're sitting here talking about this from the safety of our homes. um, And I don't think that we can fully wrap our heads around how dangerous this actually was. Like, he was out there in risking his life and Smokey's life obviously um it's just it's insane I can't imagine any of our dogs doing anything like this yeah it's very emotional even if uh like Sonia steps off the sidewalk and in the wrong way I got worried that she's gonna hurt herself (laughs) (laughs) so Smokey like I said was very brave so after a brief hesitation she made her way into the pipe and her tiny paws were scraping the bottom um as a commander unfurled the wire behind her but and this is get gets really like nail biting here so about halfway through um her pull on the wire stopped um it was the wire basically got stuck and a smoky struggle to free herself. She kicked up a storm of dust. Now, no one could even see the dog in the pipe, um, let alone like figure out where she was to kind of free her. And so some very tense seconds followed. Um, but thankfully, the wire was frayed and Smokey ran scrambling out into Wind's arms and the mission was accomplished. Wow, wild. That's like her big uh her big moment. 
Yeah. Um, there were stats on, you know, basically like what um, this accomplished and like how many lives it saved. Um, I didn't put them in here for some reason, but it was just like absolutely intense. She's a true hero. Well, any, uh, you said this was with like the war, um, the Eastern Front with Japan, right? Yeah. So any victory there would have saved uh, a lot, a lot of American and potentially Japanese lives. Like it was an incredibly, all of World War II obviously was, but particularly the war between America and Japan was like just very costly. So uh, a victory here is important. This is right. Um, thankfully, Jared uh, had a minor in history and can tell us these things. I mean, a lot of that stuff I forgot, to be honest. It's because <laughs> mostly listening to podcasts <laughs> keeps <laughs> keeps me up to date with that type of stuff. So in August of 1945, as the war came to an end, Bill Wynn left for home. Now, I didn't know this, um, but this is messed up in my opinion. Returning soldiers were ordered to leave all pets behind, Uh-oh. which I would be like, leave yourself behind, bro. Yeah, I bet there was some pet smuggling going on there. You know? Well, Bill Wynn was one of the people, so he smuggled Smokey abo- aboard the ship home. <laughs> I realize I accidentally spoiled. Yeah. 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 So he smuggled her um, on the ship home and he smuggled her in an oxygen mask. Hmm. She was so small, she fit into an oxygen mask, so he just smuggled her home. Oh, I that. thought you meant that he like had an oxygen mask for her, but smuggled her in an oxygen mask. That's funny. No. <laughs> Little tiny dog oxygen mask. Right? I think Sergeant Stubby had an actual um, gas mask that he wore. If you want to know more about Sergeant Stubby, you need to listen to, I believe it was episode one. First episode that you were on, too. That sounds right. I always do war dogs with you. Um, anyway, following their return. Yeah, how come you didn't have me on for a Taco Bell dog? What the heck? <laughs> we'll have to do another mascot dog, Airbud, or something. Yeah, well, Smokey is a mascot for the Yank magazine. I guess that's true. Okay, good point. Um, so after the return home, Bill and Smokey performed their tricks locally uh including for injured veterans in cleveland war hospitals and as bill remembers it for the wounded soldiers smoky was a complete diversion something to pull them away from what ailed them something they could await with happy anticipation and in his mind her ability to make a difference was really quite simple and this is a quote from him that kind of makes me cry a little bit he said that she was just an instrument of love I know. Pause for effect. Um, in 1955, Smokey retired, um, and two. So she retired from um, her duty, kind of at the hospital with the injured soldiers. And then two years later, in 1957, she passed away peacefully in her sleep at the age of 14. Wow! Nice long life. Yeah. Um, well, especially considering she's been through the war. And what's crazy is that, you know, it's now 64 years later and Smokey's legacy, like, lives on. Her story has been featured in many publications. So the two articles that I read, the National Geographic and the New York Post, are not, they're pretty recent. Like, you read two articles for this podcast? Yeah. You research your podcast a lot higher than I do. 
Yeah. I want to bring uh, quality content programming to my listeners here. But they're pretty recent. Like one was like 2014. The other one was 2019. And obviously now I'm doing this podcast about Smokey. So she uh, she lives on. And the most important Smokey coverage is this podcast. That's correct. So the other thing that was so important is that her work with the soldiers that she visited at hospitals was truly trailblazing. According to an Animal Planet investigation, Smokey was the first recorded therapy dog and her work inspired many canine therapy programs. In fact, some hospitals now um, have like therapy dogs on staff that come and visit. Yeah, I could believe that. Therapy cats, maybe too. Therapy hamsters bunnies horses there's therapy horses therapy snakes no i had a really really listen here's the conclusion okay little dogs are little but only (laughs) (laughs) okay well see see you next week little dogs are little no sorry (laughs) he tries you gotta give it to him um so like I was saying, little dogs are little, but only in their physical size. The impact that they have on our lives is absolutely immense. And that, friends, is the story of Smokey the Yorkie, the tiniest World War II hero. Wow, what an amazing story. It's really cool that um, a lot of the stuff that Smokey accomplished like could have only really been done by her could have only really been done by a dog right like the and particularly a small dog comforting people at the hospital and like getting into those small places you know um yeah yeah whatever was needed for the mission you know it's not always about like being the biggest and toughest like the biggest toughest soldier couldn't have got those things done and couldn't have uh achieved those objectives uh yeah so definitely uh very cool story very inspiring um i wonder if the japanese had any dogs on their side of the war too that'd be interesting to look into as well yeah but you know history is written by the winners yeah and so uh, so those dogs got got erased (laughs) well hopefully not but i mean uh, yeah but um yeah it would be interesting to see i feel like the uh the Japanese are always very um, in inventful. Is that a word? Inventive. Inventive is a word. Yeah. Um, so I feel like they probably would have. Oh yeah, there's probably like an anime, a whole like nine video games about a dog <laughs> <laughs> fighting the war. Um, but yeah, it's pretty crazy. And like I thought, it would just uh, be really fitting considering that Thomas was uh, also a tiny dog, but also very brave and courageous and. Uh, you and know, a survivor. And a survivor. And, uh, you know, he had to do what he had to do to, ri- to survive that bear attack. And he was like, listen, <laughs> you go you go take care of that. I'll be right here. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was uh, He was a tough dude. He was a survivor. And, uh, yeah, much like Smokey here, uh, accomplished a lot of things that only a dog can really do and uh, impacted many people's lives in a way that only a dog can. So, And just like Lucia has really impacted our podcast today. She really added a lot of like chaos to the podcast. She had thoughts. <laughs> yeah, and thoughts as well. So Yeah. yeah. Well, what do you think, Jared? Are you going to come be a guest again at some point? Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's why I did that Tom Cruise joke so that you're going to have me back again. You know, I like no one ever feel it's like uh, Chris Pratt now, you know, like 
no one's gonna feel bad for him. No yeah. One's feel, no one's gonna feel bad for Tom Cruise. So you can make fun of him, and uh, yeah. That's fair. All right. So I think we're coming up to the point in the podcast where you can do the shameless self-plug. I'll go first. Oh, yes. Oh, I thought you said it's my turn to go. I got so excited. Can you go first? Okay, I'll go first. So first, first order of business is um, pictures of Thomas and Smokey are going to be uh, on the Masha and the Dogs Instagram. So check it out so you can see what these two little pups look like. Um in the second order of business that I want to tell you guys about is that Christmas season is coming up, which is wild to think about that it's going to be 2022 in like three months and I'm still processing 2020, but here we are. Um, but it's the season of giving and I encourage you all to check out petpocket.ca um, and you can get a uh, sweater or a t-shirt with a custom silhouette of your dog or your friend's dog or whatever, and you can gift it to yourself or uh, an important person in your life. And the best part is that uh, 50% of the profit is always donated to various animal rescue organizations. So uh, the season of giving is coming up. So make sure you give thoughtfully. Again, that's petpocket.ca. And I'll have that linked in the description of the podcast too. And now it's Jared's turn to talk about Photography Brothers. Heck yeah. Heck yeah to Pet Pocket. Heck yeah to Mosh and the Dogs. Masha, thank you for having me on again it's been wonderful to come on here and talk about uh thomas and a little bit of history stuff as well always fun and drink uh some little bit of scotch as well uh so yeah it's been great um where if you like this podcast stuff <laughs> Um, <laughs> you can find me on the Photography Brothers podcast, where we talk about the art, the lifestyle, the business of photography uh, with my co-host, Michael Costa, another uh, great photographer. And it's a great podcast and super fun. And you probably, even if you don't care that much about photography, you'll probably like it because it's good. Um, it, it actually is good. They have some um, really, no, it's true, a true story. They have really great episodes. Some There's like some historical content there, some um, recent news stories. It's yeah. not just, um, you This know, lens, that lens, this thing. So and there's a, yeah. and most people probably don't care about this, but there's a very serious Sony versus um, Canon um, controversy controversy happening so definitely definitely very con very controversial um as well as uh photography brothers like if you listen to that and you just can't get enough um <laughs> there's the metal nerd on youtube where i talk about metal so if you're into uh not like sheet metal and how to prevent rust and stuff like that i'm talking metal music <laughs> so um, what I was like, the, the genre of metal you know um you can go and check that out uh just did a reaction to a japanese metal band so it all ties back together masha i think yes. that we need to go eat some stew all right okay i'm excited for stew so that's it until next time but for now go cuddle your dogs